Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 1, 18 through 2.10 called Getting Acquainted with Grace. So it may well be that Paul, if you turn back to Galatians, as he visits a couple of weeks with Peter, maybe three Sabbath days, back to Galatians chapter 1, got details about Jesus' life. Now we do know that Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus after the resurrection, right? This is post-resurrection. So imagine how many stories Paul was interested in hearing about from a man named Peter. Because Peter was called at the very beginning of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. I can imagine Paul meeting with Peter in Jerusalem with a notepad. and Saying, tell me more, tell me more, put another pot of coffee on, tell me more. He walked on the water, and you did too. Peter was like, oh yeah. In the early days, right? And so many things to talk about, about miracles, about blind eyes being opened, deaf ears being unstopped, people with leprosy being he- healed in a, in a moment before their eyes. Uh, he would speak to demons and they would come out of people. He would hush the sea. Uh, he would feed thousands of people with miraculous provision. Peter could have gone on and on. Can you imagine the stories deep into the night? And I'm sure that both of them celebrated grace because both of them met Jesus in different ways, in different settings. And I look out at this group of people right now, and you've all, those of you who are believers today, met Jesus. Uh, You know, your year would be different. Your place would be different. The setting would be different. The context would be different. The struggles would be different. But in the end, what, what do we all have in common here? We've all met grace. We've all met Jesus. And I'm sure that Peter and Paul could also talk about their failures. Paul would talk about regret in persecuting the Christian church, giving his approval to people being die, uh, dying, people being put in prison, and things like that. And Peter could talk about that fateful night when he was so confident that he would stand for Jesus. I'll never deny you. Though everybody does, I'll die for you. And then we know what Jesus told him before the rooster crows, right? See, both men knew something about grace in their failures. And both men were used mightily by God. This is, this is an early power meeting in the church, no doubt, right? These are some of the big guns. But some of the big guns in the early church were some of the biggest failures in their own personal lives. And this gives me great encouragement. Amen? Because it tells me that God did not choose me because I was the greatest guy walking around the planet. Because I had it all together after I became a Christian. No, 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 no. Far from it. God uses people who are broken, who come from broken backgrounds and struggles to become trophies of grace. And Paul and Peter are certainly two that we can look at and say, indeed, this is the case. It can take a little while to get grace, to grasp it for yourself, for others, 
to see it, to realize it. Saul was a trophy of grace. Peter was. James was. Do you know that James, the brother of Jesus, and by the way, Jesus did have physical brothers and sisters. James was technically the half-brother of Jesus. And as we read the Gospels, for example, in John chapter 7, that the brothers don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. In fact, there's language in the New Testament that indicates that they thought he was a little crazy. They thought maybe he had lost it a little bit, that he had a Messiah complex. Can you imagine? Come on, bro. <laughs> Get over yourself now. And, there, and I think the majority of scholars do not believe that James believed that Jesus was the Messiah until after the resurrection. That's why this connection between 1 Corinthians 15 and Galatians 1 is so profound. Because it goes back to the earliest witnesses. You know, there are people who argue, oh, the Bible was put together in the 4th century by people who had an agenda. No, 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 no. These are the early people who were touched by saving grace in Jesus Christ. And they were persecutors and doubters. They, this was the brother of Jesus who doubted his own brother. This was a guy who tried to destroy the Christian church. This was a man who fell on his face the night before Jesus was crucified. This is the foundation of the church. Doesn't it give you hope? It does me. It's like, man, I'm in good company then. God can use a man like me. Okay, here we go. Because there's a lot of people who say to friends, well, maybe I'll go to that church when I clean up my life a little bit. Well, good luck. That's like standing outside of a shower after a mud football game and say, well, maybe I'll clean myself up a little bit before I get into the shower. No, you let the shower do its work. And sometimes what we do is we, we step away from God when we should be ste stepping in to the living waters of saving grace. If you've come here broken this morning, if you've come here with your scars and wounds and dirt, you're in good company. This is a place where people have experienced grace. The church is a trophy of His grace. Grace is hard to get, and grace enables us to get up again and again. A Christian is not perfect, but has a deep desire to glorify God with all of their lives, even after falling. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. You know, maybe sometimes uh, you look at your Christian life and you go, well, I've fallen on my face this week, or I went back to this old habit, or I said this silly thing in this moment. Look, look we, we understand that. We all struggle with that. We don't want to be hypocrites. We don't want to make excuses for our sin. And grace instructs us. This is Titus uh, 2, 11 and 12. Grace saves, but grace, al grace also instructs. Grace instructs us to live a godly life. So don't think just because Galatians is emphasizing grace that the Christian church teaches that people can just live however they want to because of grace. No, grace instructs us to live a godly life. But my motivation is because of the great salvation that I've been given by God. Amen? Now, in what I am writing to you, verse 20, Galatians 1, I assure you before God, this is oath language, that I am not lying. You can write down a cross-reference of Romans 9, 1, where Paul says, I'm not lying about my heart, 
for my Jewish brethren. Paul, in oath language, says, I'm not lying about the length of time, the meeting with Peter, the seeing of James. You say, well, why, why does he give an oath right here? What, what's the deal? Well, Paul's gospel was independent from Peter, but it was also in agreement with Peter. And the point is that God had given Paul the gospel directly. And by the way, Paul and Peter were not in opposition with each other in regard to this gospel, and neither were James and Paul. Sometimes, you say, how many of you have studied the book of James? You read the book of James, and the book of James says, faith without works is dead. And you say, are Paul and James in disagreement here? Well, no, they had a cup of coffee together in the first century. And apparently they're okay with each other. See, James is giving a perspective of what faith should look like in terms of on a human level. See, works testify to a living faith, but they are not the foundation of a living faith. Works testify that you are a genuinely a Christian, but works don't save you. They are the consequence of a living faith in the living Lord. Amen? And it is God's grace and goodness that leads me to repentance. I don't want to hurt my father. I don't want to sin against my father. I don't want to dishonor my father. Those are my highest motivations. But I do know this. When I fall on my face and I skin my knee and I hurt people sometimes around me, God's grace is sufficient. When I don't know why I'm not, I've not been healed of something or why this situation or condi condition continues, His grace is sufficient. Paul says, then, notice the chronology, Bible students, another chronology word, then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. You can write down Acts 9, verse 30. These are provinces in early Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, uh, Roman province, uh, a Roman province. And I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But only they kept hearing, the church kept hearing, he who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they were glorifying God because of me. I don't know if you realize this, but in our world today, there are so many Christians in the, in the United States, uh, people that you might be surprised at some of the names of pro athletes and actors that are committed believers in Jesus Christ. I just read something about Sir Anthony Hopkins, who's a well-known actor. I'm not sure if he's a Christian or not, but I've heard a testimony about him coming to God, moving away from alcoholism, coming to God, and he was addressing a group of 500 students or something like this, this article I just read, and he basically told the students, look, don't live for fame and fortune. He says, he says essentially, all of that is nothing. He said he was in an AA meeting, I think it was in the 70s, and a woman looked at him and said, why don't you just trust God? And he said that was a changing point in his life. Here's a phenomenal actor. He's won all kinds of awards. Anthony Hopkins, you know the name. And the man says, look, if you try to live life just for the fame and the fortune and the money and the wine and and the women and the song and all of that, he said essentially to these students, there is nothing there. what we need to realize is God has grace for all of us. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. <laughs> 
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. You can write down Acts 9, verse 30. These are provinces in early Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, uh, Roman province, uh, a Roman province. And I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But only they kept hearing, the church kept hearing, he who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they were glorifying God because of me. I don't know if you realize this, but in our world today, there are so many Christians in the, in the United States, uh, people that you might be surprised at some of the names of pro athletes and actors that are committed believers in Jesus Christ. I just read something about Sir Anthony Hopkins, who's a well-known actor. I'm not sure if he's a Christian or not, but I've heard a testimony about him coming to God, moving away from alcoholism, coming to God, and he was addressing a group of 500 students or something like this, this article I just read, and he basically told the students, look, don't live for fame and fortune. He says, he says essentially, all of that is nothing. He said he was in an AA meeting, I think it was in the 70s, and a woman looked at him and said, why don't you just trust God? And he said that was a changing point in his life. Here's a phenomenal actor. He's won all kinds of awards. Anthony Hopkins, you know the name. And the man says, look, if you try to live life just for the fame and the fortune and the money and the wine and, and the women and the song and all of that, he said essentially to these students, there is nothing there. Nothing. See, what we need to realize is God has grace for all of us. And when people heard the story of the persecutor turned preacher, they were glorifying God, Paul says, because of me. Can you imagine? The guy that was the biggest threat to the church now was its chief spokesman. That's exciting. Do you get excited when you hear other people's testimonies? 
Testimonies are exciting. We were up at the men's retreat, and we heard four different testimonies, and we heard some testimonies at the marriage uh, conference that we did, and it's so encouraging to hear how grace arrived in someone's life, and that same grace uh, that they experienced, you've experienced, and you get to celebrate it, and, you glo- and it brings glory to God. Grace brings glory to God. Works are people getting up and saying, oh, this is, this is what I've accomplished. Here's my resume. Would you introduce me again? Oh, this is so-and-so. This is what he's accomplished. These are his degrees. This is what he's done. He was in that and that and this and that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Grace brings glory to God. See, it's someone else has paid the sentence for us. Then, Galatians 2.1, some of you looked at this section and you said, Pastor Michael's got a big chunk this morning. Yeah, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Let's keep going. Then, another chronological reference. After an interval of 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. Now he's got Barnabas with Barnabas, the guy with the biggest heart in the early church, and he took another man named Titus along also. For 14 years, now scholars say they're not sure if this is from Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus or from the, earth, the meeting three years later, but either way, it's a decade or more that Paul was preaching the gospel that he had been given from heaven independent of the other apostles. He was going out and preaching the gospel. And here's, what, here's what happens. No matter if you're in Corona or Cuba, If you're a Christian, you can be moving in the gospel ministry and people can be getting saved by the same message, the same power, the same God anywhere in the world. That's exciting, isn't it? And if you travel somewhere and you meet another Christian in another country, it's so exciting to meet believers in other countries. I've met them in Israel and India and Nepal. And they smile Kind of like a smile like we have up on the screen. And, and you just want to hug them and hold on to them because you know that we have a common grace in our lives. We know Jesus. We have the same King, the same Lord, the same Spirit. And Paul says, look, I operated. He, he has here a period of 14 years and then he went back to Jerusalem. He says, then, after an interval of 14 years, I went up again. You always go up again to Jerusalem because it's a city on a hill. And Paul continues to advance the argument that he preached his gospel independent of the apostles. The Judaizers were saying he was dependent on them. Paul says, no, I'm not. Now, in the book of Acts, I want to take you to a couple of stories where you can see what happened with Peter and how Peter knew that the gospel was a gospel of grace. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, chapter 10. So there's an early guy uh, in the stories in the book of Acts named Cornelius. He was a Roman centurion a Gentile, non-Jew. And Peter had been summoned. He was up on a rooftop. He was praying. He fell into a trance. He saw the sheet come down from heaven. Uh, just, just to summarize a, a lengthy chapter, he was summoned by the Holy Spirit to go with certain men to preach the gospel to a man named Cornelius, who uh, I think was associated with the Italian band, which was a backup band for Sinatra, just so you know. Anyway. They sing, we did it God's way. Anyway, never mind. 
Now, Paul, Peter was apprehensive as a Jew to enter into this Gentile dwelling. But Peter is preaching Acts 10. Check out verse 43. Of him, Jesus, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him, Jesus, receives forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, what happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all the circumcised believers, Jews, who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured upon, out upon the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. And then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay on for a few days. You see, the Holy Spirit came upon Gentiles without circumcision, without baptism, in the middle of a sermon. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Without even a close or an altar call. All right, we'll dim the lights. We'll play the music now. If there's anyone here who is not, right? We're used to that. That's okay. But the Lord just did the work and they started speaking in other languages and the circumcised believers turned over to Acts 15 who were there were like, wow, <laughs> these people are saved. How can you have the Holy Spirit and not be saved? No circumcision, no baptism, no keeping of the food laws, not wearing the right stuff, not going through a full conversion into Judaism, saved by Now check out Acts 15, verse 1. Now some men came down from Judea, Acts 15, 1, began teaching the brethren, unless you are what? Circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So this is related to salvation. And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate with them, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. This is a later time. Therefore, being sent uh, on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, were bringing great joy to all the brethren. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they received... They were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported, to, uh, reported all that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up saying, it's necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. They've got to do this extra stuff. The apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up. And said to them, brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles, he's talking about the house of Cornelius now, would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God who knows the heart testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now therefore... Why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. 
And all the people kept silent and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. And then James will also step up and speak. Here's the point. There is not anything to add to grace. If someone tells you back to the book of Galatians, oh, you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Oh, there's much more to it. Now you've got to do this to be saved, that to be saved. Don't believe it. You've been listening to Getting Acquainted with Grace, part two on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 1.18 through 2.10. And remember, you can watch the video of this message on walkintruth.com. So we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts and opinions on the program, or if you have questions about something you heard, we'd love to help equip you with answers about the Christian faith. So email your questions to this address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Or you can mail us a letter at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. And that's all for the sole goal to equip you as a believer or help you learn more about Jesus if you're not a Christian. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 1, 18 through 210, called Getting Acquainted with Grace. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.